The Bulls won on Friday. Bulls won on Monday. The Bears fought back on Tuesday. And they're digging in today. We're going to talk all about Microsoft, some other earnings here, what we've kind of been worried about, slow down on earnings from the big guns. We got Frank Holmes coming on at uh, 8.35, and Frank is going to talk airlines, crypto, and gold. I think Frank is on fire, so we'll have a good time talking to him, and we'll review a little bit of that chaos from the Open yesterday. I mean, that can't happen again, right? Mitch, we're just all in such a good mood today. Why don't you get things started with our fantastic opening? Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Traders and investors down 33 and three quarters handles, just under 4,000. You all know what happened. We were trading okay, and then Microsoft delivered the bad news, and here we are, just skimming along the lows of the session. Uh, the buck's up 12 and a half cents, 101.80. Bonds creeping up, up three quarters of a point, 131.18. Uh, crude down but not out, up 11 cents at 80.24. Gold pulling back down 8.40 at 19.27. Silver, that's down to 17 cents at 23.57 and a half. Bitcoin uh, repel, repealing off 23K, nothing major, down $325 at 22,740. Let's uh, let's bring in Triple D. Let's bring in Money Mitch. I got to show you guys something. Oh, stretch oh, a little bit, got, get it going. Yeah. Can I show you something? Like yeah, what we got? What we got today? Today is. For you guys, it's 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 free bagel day. Oh, bagel, baby! Do you bagel see, Wednesday. Did you see? I the see some poppy seeds. Just let me explain this. Do you see the condensation oh. here? Because those are hot bagels, right? I got my. I, I couldn't sleep last night. Hot I did the five fifteen swim. I went to the bagel shop when they opened. Okay. I stood there, I got all these, and they didn't have the salt sticks, which are Lisa's favorite, uh-huh. right out of the oven. I mean, I could barely hold the bag. So it, it's free. I got two dozen. Those are the salt Whoa. sticks. It's free bagel day. I could okay? eat one of those. Right it's better than these earnings hungry. reports that we're getting today. So. <laughs> all right. Triple. At least Joel bringing us some goodies. Yeah, yeah. Mitch, I'm going to, I'm going to, man. Oh, boy. 7 a.m., good bagel run, good swim. Triple D. Where do we go? Do we go with uh, start with it? No, we got to start with it. Microsoft. Okay. I mean, we got to do it, Mister. Do you want to do the chaos at the and... open though? Just, just, just get through the chaos. Uh, no, talk chaos. Can we talk chaos on the after hours show? We can give a little summary there at the end if you guys want to hear it again. Yeah, uh, let's just do it. Really let, quick. Let's talk Microsoft here because this earnings report was very somewhat predictable, and the predictability, maybe the path, really wasn't predictable, but the end result was so anyways hit the music q2 eps two dollars and 32 cents beat the two dollars and 30 cent estimate sales at 52.7 billion missed the 52.97 billion estimate 
Q2 revenue and productivity business processes were up 7% year over year. Revenue in intelligent cloud was up 18% year over year. But then came the earnings call, right? And that's when we're really starting to see that the slowdown in tech is coming and what kind of impacts that will have on the market. I'll ask Joel and Dennis coming up. Uh, stated in the call, of course, you saw more and more concerns uh, for Microsoft 365 productivity software subscriptions, identity security services, and business-oriented window products. Um, I know that Dennis was listening into the call. What did you see? Oh, gosh, it was so boring. What did you but hear? Let's talk the call in a second. So first, the trading action. The stock rallies $13 on the initial numbers. Joel, do you remember? I'm going to sneeze. Do you remember the? I think it was the last time or the time before time Microsoft before. was down 13 points yes. off the initial headline, and then they had the call, and then the guidance came out, and the stock rallied to green and then closed green, and that's what really was you know the catalyst to drive the entire market for the next month or so. And I tweeted out last night after the stock had rallied $12, I tweeted that scenario out, basically yep. speculating that could we see the exact opposite thing happen here? I kind mm -hmm. of felt it. I kind of felt like we were going to see it. I tuned into the call because I was just waiting for, you know, to hear the guy. And so I tune in at 530. I never listen to conference calls, but I'm like, this is one that could change the entire it. face of the market. And 530, they're talking 535 product talk, 540, 545, 550, still product talk. 555 still product talk i'm like oh my gosh this is the most boring thing ever why am i listening to this but i'm still waiting for the guidance <laughs> finally they throw it to amy around six o'clock and she starts breaking down the poor last amy order. hood <laughs> and the first hit so it didn't it came in like hits the first hit was when she threw out she was just summing up this quarter's earnings not looking previewing but she was saying how the consumer has been cautious and mm. once she said the consumer being cautious word, they knocked her from like 252 down to 248. That was the first hit. And then it just kept leaking. And then as she continued to talk, it kept leaking because she was breaking it down by segment. And every time she'd say a segment, Joel, <laughs> say we see a slight decline in this segment. Next thing, slight decline across this Ooh. segment. Next thing, slight decline across this segment. That's like, by I, I sense cuts. a pattern forming. I sense a pattern forming. So it's hit, 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 hit. And by this time, now the stock's already gone to flat. Didn't stop there, though. Continued its merry way into the red. And now we look at it, and we're sitting here down $6. She tried to do – I listened to the Q&A, too, and, and, they, and the one analyst, third question in, asked her, what about the macro environment? First question was a product question. I was like, no, no more product <laughs> questions. We don't care. But then the third one was, I think, the good one, and they asked about the macro environment. And, you know, you were alluding to, you know – the consumer being cautious. You're alluding to, you know, a slight decrease in demand. What do you see? And um, but they're cutting CEO, the fat. And CEO, yeah, CEO came on and he completely beat around the bush and did not answer the question. He talked about grabbing market share in a tougher environment and all these other things and how well they were doing considering the landscape. And that's what all I kept talking about. And I was like, you are painting a very bad brush of what is come. And you could read between the lines, the, the, the listeners and the, obviously the bots were reading between the lines. And now we look at the damage. Stock trade up to $253 after hours last night. 
It's down to 235. It's down seven. It's continued to leak. Now we get a picture that, hey, Microsoft thinks it's not going to be that rosy in the immediate future. And that is why the stock is down $7. And that is why the overall market is down. Well, they gave uh, the reference you made was, uh, I believe, two quarters ago, and they talked about the cloud. Uh, you know, the huge increase in uh, the cloud revenue and that had yeah. the reversal. Uh, we talked about this on at the close. And I mean, I, I was thinking anything over 250 was gravy, you know, um, on a pop uh, just because of, you know, the charts, the overhead supply. Uh, that's kind of out of the wind, you know, out of the picture now. And I'm just going to give our folks just two daily levels to look at. And we haven't hit them yet. And this is potential support, uh, support with a small P. Uh, your three-day low is 34.51. You haven't, you know, we've at least it's stopped going down for the moment. So that's that would be news. that would be a target on the downside. And if that's not good, you know, good enough for you, um, your four-day low is 230.68. So I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna be beyond those levels. There really hasn't been much of a bounce. There is someone trying, I mean, on the uh, there's really if you're looking for more upside, I'd have to say you gotta get over 236.50. Um, that's not far away. So that's just breaking down the technicals here. Uh, down, but not out. But you can see it the way uh, that stock just got walked down by those comments. Uh, it really did. It was hours. the walk and the continuous walk down. Um, also, this I, morning, right, yep. the situation that yeah. happened, of course, uh, networking outage uh, this morning impacted Azure. Um, and then also Outlook. Uh, this was reported by Reuters this morning. I'm sure that wasn't helping anything out this morning. So that probably continued to leak mm -hmm. here. And I think that one thing that we're starting to think about, right? It's it's not one company that's warned us about the slowing down. It's no. multiple companies yes. warning us about the slowing down. And this is where I get lost. My head literally explodes when I hear, oh, but they're cutting the fat. Everything's going to be okay. They cut a thousand workers. The costs are going to be okay. The truth is, if the revenues take hit, that's worse than, you know, yeah, cutting off sure. the costs, right? If the revenues are going to get hit, then future earnings are going to be down, team. This is the problem. This is why I still keep a lot of cash. And this is why I've been raising cash. And I was raising cash again yesterday because we just, you know, got such a rosy scenario here. I just don't see it happening. I don't understand how you can raise interest rates this quickly and not eventually have some repercussions on the economy. I think it's going to eventually start to slow show up. I think Salesforce warned us about it. I think Microsoft is preparing for it. I think there's more companies preparing for it. We're going to hear from Tesla tonight. Maybe that can turn the market around again. Maybe they buy the dip. You know, we do have this buy the dip mentality going here. Maybe they come in it's and buy the dip on Microsoft it. today. It is a very important day, yeah. though. Because if they do not buy the dip in Microsoft, that is very bad news for the market. So if you're a bull, you absolutely have to see them buy this dip in Microsoft and take it back to at least scratch. Because that's telling you that, hey, we knew about this already. Because everybody knew about this. I mean, I don't know who's buying that up 12 bucks last night, but that was that just was... dumb money. That's why Before they said anything on the guidance, I mean, that's just... You knew it was coming. There's no way they were going to come. Oh, yeah, we see. We're raising guidance. It wasn't I mean, happening. Let's just be honest. The beginner traders, they probably got caught in that move. That's why I was sending out the warning on Twitter. And you can show my tweets. I set out that scenario. I'm basically spelling it out that I think this could give this back on this call. And it absolutely did. It yeah. was low-hanging yeah. fruit that that stock 
would give it back on the call, and it did. This market prices in nothing. It is the dumbest market that I've ever seen in my 22-year career. What I mean by that is there is predictable events that it does not price in. So anybody who thinks the market, oh yeah, price is so smart, the market prices nine months looking for it. It doesn't do that. It never did that. That's all nonsense. The market is dumb money. 90% of it is dumb money. There's a few smart people out there. You got the citadels and the market makers that obviously just make their money no matter what. But for the most part, nobody can predict where we're going to be from six months. Least of all, the collective, um, the collection of all of the dumb money put together. So, you know, this proves, like when you're looking at this, you knew Microsoft was going to probably talk at least light. It wasn't even that bad. They didn't even drop the hammer and the stock still lost $18 off of its high. So the algos are all dumb. They trade off the headlines. Oh, beep, beep, we're good to go. I didn't even probably realize. The algos probably didn't even realize there was guidance on the call. So this is, you know, the market that we have. So I think there's lots of opportunities for if you just use your head just a little bit to make money in this market still. I think, um, you know, one thing that we were hoping for the market was that this mega cap tech um, would stop going down. Right, because we've had just such this wicked rotation that just it kind of like, well, if it's not getting killed, then the other things can prop the market up, right? And we have this little little trading range. And you know, the I thought yesterday was important for the bulls to defend the market. It was a chaotic day because of the opening. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I think there was a lot of mispricing and it was hard, it was a choppy day, but now. It's going down. Now you have it, you know, now you have one of the big guns going down. If it could just hang in here and yeah, like not, not, I'm not even, down. you know, be down three bucks or be That's down fine. two bucks. Mm-hmm. Then, then, you know, they'll pick up the slack somewhere else and, and we'll be able to rally. But if they, if they come after this with guns and, you know, they, you know, uh, you know, 10, 15 bucks, then, you know, it's going to you know show the way for the rest of the market. But once again, big day, big day for the bulls here. We're yes. still set up bullish, but man, oh man, the bears, the bears got some, uh, they got some ammunition. Be a big victory for the bulls if this can just stay down a buck or two bucks, you exactly. know, or you know, not be down seven at the end of the day. Just hold its own. It'd be a huge, huge victory for the bulls. I'm skeptical. I don't know if that's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I was lightening up more in the long-term portfolio. I know you say, how can you sell everything? Well, you know, basically yeah. I can. I let my Apple go, you know, which maybe is going to be a long-term mistake, but I just feel like we got bad times coming ahead. I'm still going to feel like that. Again, you got to keep in mind of what we're seeing. You know, we just sold off significantly from where we were yesterday. You know, maybe we get another lift up to sell into, but it's been a pretty good run. A lot of these stocks are up 50, 60, 70%. I mean, Square, has Square Catch is a downgrade today. That stock has went from 60 to 80. That's a 33% move here in the, in the better part of a month. So, I that's, mean, this that's is three just, years worth of gains. I mean, there, there is. There's some really impressive moves. And I mean, if you were looking at your portfolio and throwing up at the end of December and you're feeling pretty good about it right now in January, why not take some money off the table? Because you know what? I think this rally is a gift. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the start of the new bull market. I think it's more just of a gift. And I think there's still a lot of you know, But again, things can change. If they buy stocks on bad news, maybe we're going to be okay this quarter. I, the recession's coming. I don't know if it's coming imminently. I don't know if it's coming a quarter from now. To Tommy Lackey's point, he thinks it's coming in the second half of 2023. Well, that could happen. It could be pushed down the road. 
we know we followed it. The cash is is has been drained. The credit card debt has went up. They're starting to sell the toys, but people are still doing stuff. The airlines are still full. Yeah, we'll talk There's about still that stuff going on. Yep. Once that all stops going down, then you're in the thick of it. So right now we're just you know just taking you know that just means still that we have probably more to go, right? I mean that's what you're. I th- oh yeah, I think so. But the timing of it is you know what the hard part. Know, yeah. The hard part, yeah. That's you know, and, and I've been early. I've been early because you know we've had some rallies, and obviously you know I was early to sell a lot of my stocks last year. But at the same time, I mean, it's you know I've been early on some of these buys as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's a tricky market to navigate, and nobody knows anything. You just got to kind of trade what's in front of you. But you got to take the obvious trades, and you got to do you know something if you're feeling like you know this is just getting dumb. You know, maybe it is just being dumb. Maybe there is opportunities there. The Microsoft rally last night was just dumb money. Dumb money. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to Boeing as a high flyer. It was starting to come down. Uh, Boeing's Q4 core EPS at a loss of $1.75, missing the 26 cent estimate. Sales at 19.98 billion, missed the 20.38 billion estimate. Uh, the 737 program is stabilizing production rate at 31 per month and plans to ramp up productions to approximately 50 uh, planes per month. And this is in the 25 to 26 uh, time uh, frame. And they also reaffirmed 23 guidance, delivered 152 commercial planes, and it and recorded 376 net orders in Q4, taking a hit here, Boeing. But again, you have so much underneath demand, Joel. This trend yeah, has been so strong. Good. The PE is coming down because obviously you know, the stock really got beat up. And now, you know, it's turning. And now the airlines are hot. So do you find buyers here? You know, the 205, the low from yesterday. There you go. Like a, man, oh there's man, a triple bottom there. Don't, man, what a minute. we got to start cutting some jobs on this show. You're taking my job from <laughs> me. Because uh, I, I was looking at it, and I'm like, well, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get, you know, 202 now that it's at 207, right? Uh, so uh, I like to back off. But uh, Triple D mentions the 05. Uh, but what's your three-day low is 0478 and your four-day low is 0482. So it, now you're two bucks away from it. So I, I I like 205 on the downside uh, as a potential support point. Coming back on the upside, you know, if you get one of these like, you know, like SPs, you know, decide, okay, we're going to rally 15 handles off the open just, you know, for no reason at all. I can see the stock getting a scratch at 997. So I use that as parameters, pretty much the two day close from yesterday at 997 and got to keep an eye on, on that 205 on the downside. The stock has been in an uptrend and uh, um, we'll see if it continues. There's a lot today. of uglier charts out there. Yeah. I'm not buying it long term, but short term, you can't argue with the trend. This trend is still higher. Again, a very important day for the bulls on Boeing. I mean, you need to see buyers come in, reemerge, and say, no, you know, we want to buy this dip on the stock. Yeah. And then I think just psychological long term, you know, people are, we're had a nice run over 210, right? A lot of t- opportunities to sell over 210. Uh, even better if your target price is 200, you got a lot of time to still sell over 200. I think just like if it starts to, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen today or if it ever happened, but if it starts working its way back under that 200, people will be like, man, this has been a really nice run. And boy, it'd be nice to get this the 200 handle. But so far, the trend is up in Boeing. We'll see if we can at least get 
to unchanged from two days ago. That was the two-day close at 0.997. All right, let's go to TXN. Let's go to Texas Instruments here. They reported Q4 EPS at $2.13, beat the $1.98 estimate. Sales at $4.67 billion, beat the $4.62 billion estimate. Texas Instruments sees Q1 revenue at 4.17 billion to 4.53 billion versus a 4.41 billion estimate. Also, they did raise their EPS on the high end towards $1.90 range versus $1.87 estimate. Texas Instruments. Chips are holding up well. This actually dipped just very quickly on the initial print, and then they bought it right back up. I mean, again, they're lower valuations. So, you know, obviously they're cyclical, which people don't consider because the market is just dumb. But these earnings are cyclical. So they look like, you know, that they're trading with such low PEs. And in some cases, if we go into a recession, those PEs go to that, you know, funny little thing because they start losing money. So just keep that in mind. With that being said, again, this market is just hungry for lower PE stocks still. Texas Instruments, what's P on this thing? Money, Mitch? I'll, give you, I'll look right now. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I threw them under the bus, but it, I know it's they're a lower PE one for sure. The chips are all lower PE. I mean, this thing, yeah. I, I mean, compared to some of these other uh, uh, chip stocks, I mean, this 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 chart looks great. I it's mean, it's very well. Yeah, it's held up very well. We'll see if that continues today. Uh, my focus on the upside, first things first, is, you know, do you get a look at Unchanged at 7704? Uh, but, man, this and this is a little bit longer term here. I think if you don't get over 179 soon, I see a couple highs in that area from the last, split in the last two sessions, I think the sellers may come down. So 179 uh, is good resistance if you can – uh, clear the close and i'd be a little careful if it can't hold yesterday's low at 75.34 just because you got about a three buck drop there but uh i mean so far i mean if you've been in this thing since you know 2014 or 2015 and you're looking at the monthlies i mean and you think like the you know just the whole market's coming down this this one not too far from all-time highs just over 200 all right, let's keep it moving. Let's see. is 18. Yeah, 18. Sorry. So it's not super cheap, but it's below market multiple. Market multiples kick around 19. It's right there with a the market multiple. So, all right, let's go to Capital One Financial here. Q4 sales at 9.04 billion, missed the 9.06 billion estimate. Uh, they are making provision credit loss increase in Q4 oh. from 747 million. To 2.4 billion. Yes, it is. This is important, team. There's a reason why I'm I'm covering Capital One. We don't usually cover it, but I think this is telling us something. What do you guys think? Again, different than Mastercard and Visa. Mastercard and Visa basically are, are transaction processors. They just process mm -hmm. the transaction. They get rid of the risk. COF keeps it on the books, so that's why they've got you know these losses, credit card losses. They can see credit card debt soaring. So you know it's going to be a few people that, hey, may not pay their credit card bill. So that's coming. So, I mean, Capital One preparing for that, telling us that. Again, everybody is telling us the same story here. You hear airlines, a little bit different story. There's, you know, it's in Starbucks. Airlines and Starbucks think the economy is just going to continue on its merry way forever and ever and ever. But Salesforce, Microsoft, Capital One, telling us a completely different story. Preparing for a tougher time ahead. I'm listening to these companies. 
boy, oh boy, there. This is thin. I mean, remember this one? This one, uh, I think uh, Conrad used to try and knock this thing around when uh, back in the bright office. You like trading this one, eh? Yeah, I. I mean, this thing went from ninety-five, under ninety-five to almost one ten in four sessions. I, I can't tell you where to buy this. I, I, I you know, you can look it's at your daily run. lows. You can look at your daily lows and maybe try and take some stabs there. Um, let's see. Let's. Uh, I'm going to use uh, the the bottom of yesterday's range as resistance. One hundred five seventy six. That's a buck seventy away. That would fill the gap. And then the next stopping point. I mean, if it doesn't hold one hundred three eighty, then that. I think it. I think it trades under a hundred bucks. I just, just very thin there. If they decide to take this thing out to the woodshed, they're just talking Mastercard in the chat. People talking about the valuation. I'm with you, man. I let my Mastercard, my final position, go here in January. I've been loving um, that stock. I've had that stock <gasps> in my long term portfolio for 15 years, and it was entirely all gain. I was up 2,300 percent on it. And I ate it because I'm just like, I cannot hold this anymore at this valuation. I don't get it whatsoever. It's been um, doing the great. The stock's almost making a new all-time high again. I know that they, they do. They, they are just a fabulously run company, but it's trading like 32 times earnings. 32? I, I think it might even be more than that. 20 times revenue, somebody was saying. But I think it's 32 times earnings. Last time I looked. Maybe it's different. Let's go look again. Yeah, Visa like, and MasterCard have been my favorite. Thirty-seven times earnings, Joel. MasterCard. Well, also, I, just I don't you get gotta, it. You could cut that price in half, and it's out of market multiple. If you cut her in half, maybe they're just such smoothly run businesses. But I just, I don't know. And then if you a, believe in crypto, and then if you believe in crypto, you know that's coming from MasterCard and Visa too. Like I don't think yeah. I'm not a believer of that story. That story has obviously failed because that's what the crypto people are saying. The MasterCards and Visas are all in big trouble, and those things are at all-time highs. We yeah, know where crypto is. I mean, it's just been a wonderful stock. It was. It made my long-term portfolio for a long, long time. I finally just let it go this month. I had sold a big piece last year. It just got too much, and it's just too richly valued. So I'm out. Uh, the thing about just going back to the uh, the Capital One, I mean – what about the rates on on these? Uh, you know, I haven't even. I mean, I pay, I pay off my credit cards and stuff. But I mean, what are, what are some of the rates now that if uh, you, you know, know what they were? Led- I read a piece on this. It was an article okay. somewhere, and they're right. Credit card rates were always like seventeen, eighteen percent. Yeah. So now yeah. they're like twenty three. So they're not even a big deal. <laughs> so it's not even like a huge deal. What's bigger is you know these other people who are borrowing on lines of credit. People who have massive mortgages, maybe on floating or variable rates. I mean, there's an argument here. And again, I know in the U.S., a lot of people like to do those 30-year effects. A lot of people are locked in for a long time. A lot of people that may be looking into getting into a mortgage, which is why housing starts, which is why, you know, home builders are going down because it's like you're getting your mortgage now and you're trying to lock in and it's 7 8%. You're like, I was counting more on 3%, 4%, not 7 or 8%. So... Those numbers do matter, and it's going to hit. But and you know the timing of that, we just don't know. But going back to the Capital One conversation, they're preparing for it. I'm preparing for it as well. What about D.H. Horton, D.R. Horton? I mean, that stock is... Market the prices in nothing. They're like low P.E. How can you go wrong? It's got a low P.E. How can you go wrong? Might be a little cyclical. Might be a little cyclical. Just a bit. Just, just a bit. 
All right, let's go to AT&T here as their adjusted EPS coming in at 61 cents beats the 57 cent estimate sales at 31.3 billion, missed the 31.39 billion estimate. Uh, postpaid phone net ads, 656,000. Domestic wireless service revenue was up 5.2% year over year. Um, they did take, though, a $25 billion goodwill impairment charge uh, from business wireline, consumer wireline, and Mexico reporting units uh, due to higher interest rates. Um, they also included there uh, with that goodwill, if you look at their operating income loss, it was at $21.09 billion from $4.89 billion a year ago. I'll limit my comments on the stock because I do have a trading position on. I have AT&T, Verizon, Paron, and I'm going to be getting out of that probably just after the open. Um, but going back to AT&T, you got to love that bar. You got to love that <laughs> daily charts. I mean, this is what we're going to be looking at here. Please, for the next no. Ni- for 90 days, we're going to look at these like ridiculous no, do bars. Because... A few hundred shares traded up, you know, like on like the SMG was 200 shares that traded up, and we got to look at this thing. I mean, I, I guess the SMG they adjusted, but it's AT and T. It's good. Nineteen dollars. Now we got to yeah, look they... at this thing. Twenty two eighty four in the low. Fifteen fifteen. We got to look at this forever. Oh. Okay, technical analysis, people. <laughs> I'm calling for an inside day. Oh. I'm calling for an inside oh. day. <laughs> Look I'll at even this give guy odds going on, on an inside day on AT&T. Man, that is one ugly candle. How do you analyze that candle, Mr. Technical Analysis people? Tell me, please. That's uh, resistance support. Tell me what support. to do off of that candle. Because somebody's well, going to be writing, you go a, up, uh, you can writing go up. some type of fun um, you know, report, you know, a technical report on how to trade these candles. Nonsense. Well, That's how you trade those candles. That's just You put some posts. You, you get some po- some sticky notes and you put them on it and you try to block those wicks because the bodies is the only out. thing that's going to matter. Price don't lie, though. <laughs> yeah, they always yeah. tell me price I doesn't do this. lie. I do this with coming. Price, price don't lie. I it's do price. this Maybe it does sometimes. It's, it's so oh funny. My I, goodness. I knew this was price coming. Lies? I looked at sometimes. like five sometimes. seconds after that 930 open. I'm like, oh boy, this is this is gonna be triple be D. Loving it. So fodder for days on this one. Fodder man. for weeks the, and months and okay. years. This is what's easy. Yeah, I still own it. You know, don't frown, average down. This is the last impairment chart. This is the last big write-off for ATT. Streaming is coming back. HBO is good. Uh, if it go up a little bit higher, I'd probably sell it. From a technical standpoint, I'm going to get rid of that bar. And you are opening into a just dirt of resistance here at 1960. You've traded a little bit above it in the pre-market high. If the if the bulls want to take this, you know, take they'll take it over 1960 and run probably a ton of paper at 20. Uh, but that's a big level. You can see it on the daily charts, all those little highs right there. That's right where we're open. At uh, 1960, up 35 cents. Continue right. on our merry way. Yeah, let's go. Let's keep it moving. Let's go to Abbott Labs. Abbott Labs Q4 EPS at a dollar three beat the 92 cent estimate. Sales at 10.10 uh, 10 billion beat the 9.64 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year adjusted EPS at four dollars and thirty cents to four dollars and fifty cents versus a four dollars and forty cent estimate. ABT. 
I just started looking at some of the other drug stocks just to see what they were doing. I bring up Merck, and I'm like, oh, that's a nice candle. I bring up Lily, oh, that's a nice candle. I have a labs, you know, obviously um, didn't have no that bueno. outside candle, <laughs> which is nice that the chart kind of looks normal, um, which we're going to you know, be complaining about for the next 90 days, so I use a 90-day chart. I, it's just, it's run. Valuation is not step cheap. Yeah. I mean, it's just not the kind of stock they're coming in and buying on dips here right now. If we go into an ugly market, which I think eventually we're going to, I think the drug stocks will come back into favor. But right now they're out of favor. I won't argue with that. It's not the kind of dip they're probably buying. And to Florida, Florida's point P is 25. No, thank you. The drug stocks I was buying, obviously I bought some Pfizer, bought some uh, GSK a little while ago. I bought some Bristol-Myers. They have one thing in common. They have low teen P's. I don't like the P's in the 20s. I'm not, I don't like the Procter & Gamble's at 27. I feel like they're crowded and, and they're overvalued. Let's uh, let's keep an eye on that. We haven't got, well, yeah, we did. We did have a spike down to 108.77. That's an area of interest to me because you do have uh, three lows in that area, right around the 108.5 area, going back from the end of last year. So I will give that... Mm, a two and a half star, I you know, maybe a three star. First time down, three lows in the same area. Uh, coming back, you're going to have a big wall at 112 and a half. That was uh, your lows from the last two sessions. And right now, it doesn't feel like it's going to get back up there. But if you get a couple, you know, get a little rally market and they kind of forget about this report, I long term resistance here now uh, at 112 and a half for Abbott Labs. Ellie Vines Health, let's take a look. Q4 EPS coming in at $5.23, uh, beats the $5.19 estimate. Sales at $39.67 billion, misses a $39.76 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year 23 adjusted EPS above $32.60 versus a $32.69 estimate. Don't know how far above. They just gave above, but... We'll see what happens on this one. I've I've liked the way that this one has traded in the past. I've, I've definitely been keeping a close eye on it. I'm going to look because there's a lot of daily levels to go off of. I know Joel will talk about them. We'll look to see if we come back. Tight. Tight. Yes, tight. Yeah. Tight, tight. Like yeah. Tiger. Look at that. Mm. Look at that I, daily chart. Oof. Yeah, it feels I, heavy to me. I look at that chart and I think it's moved down. It's kind of consolidation station to move uh -huh. lower. I, just knowing nothing, and I don't follow this company Neither whatsoever. Neither do I. Pure technical analysis here. I would sell it. I think it's looking like it's feeling heavy to me. Ready hold to on, pull hold off on. the cliff. Pure technical analysis. I know. There yeah. we go. Technicals <laughs> do matter. I just give you pure technical <laughs> analysis here with no relationships, no fundamentals whatsoever. Just looking at the chart, it looks like it's ready to fall off a cliff. Let's uh -oh. see if it works. Yeah. Uh, short term, you're right here at uh, It's not. It, three of the last four highs were at 282. So I think it's important to get a 282 bid and maybe you get a look at uh, at uh, 480. What's the other high? 484 and a quarter on that, cra that crazy rally Tuesday day. This would be one where if you're playing it long, right, and you get a 482 bid and they're jamming it, they jam it 82 and a half, 82.75, and then they come back down through 482. I think that would be like okay. Time time to hit the X button on that one. So 482 is a good number. Spoo's continue to leak here, uh, led by Microsoft, now down over 3%. That's dragging Amazon down, too. That's over 3%. The turn on Amazon and last night was nothing short of amazing. That thing kissed up to 100 bucks, Joel. Bring it up. 
All right. Right and then we're going to go to our guest. But I just want to do Amazon really fast. Wow. They got it, the like pop. kissed right near $100, which it has not seen in a long time. Full disclosure, still have that little half size position. My wife's RSP. We make sure we put the losers in her account. Um, <laughs> Amazon, you know, we kissed up there 99.32 five days ago. We kissed up there after hours and then the collapse. <clears throat> this is not good news. This is failing right where it can't fail. Amazon now is turned here, talking against my wife's book. As Amazon does not look good, man. Uh, you might get a look, 81, let's call it 82 low. I'm just going to go uh, 16, 8. Uh, you know, moment of truth, if this comes back down to the $90 area, 90 is the must hold. Don't have a low there, 90.93. But if, if you think like, oh, I missed a major low. I didn't, I didn't chase it. They're coming back. They're giving me half of this. I'm looking at 90.91. Coming back on the upside. <sighs> Take a nice little rally to get to the bottom of yesterday's range at 96 even. All right. I was just looking around to see. I did see someone in the chat talking about shop. Shop's making moves right now. What is I'm the trying, news on shop? I'm looking all around, team. I can't, I can't it, no, put a confirmation it on it. I saw it go by. I did see someone talk about it. Maybe you guys can catch something. I'll, I'll let you know right now. I looked it up. Couldn't find it easily. So see, I'm not going to confirm see. anything. We'll but it. I, do find see it. it's, I do see it's moving, team. Now that I will give you it. I'm pretty sure it's catalyst based. So you are getting the lift there. We'll see what happens on this name. This has been one that I definitely wanted a piece. It's already starting to take off though. And I don't think I'm going to jump into it here. I'm just going to keep waiting on the sideline. Some blog post talking about they're changing their pricing plan and they're raising their prices. Wow, raising their prices of their basic and advanced plans. What effective what, what? April the 23rd. What, I don't know uh, if that's true or not. Digi digital, digi, 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 digi. Is that who it is? Digi, the digi? one that gave us that great Netflix news. Good. Apparently, they're raising their prices, and that's usually a pretty good sign of your business going really well if you're raising prices. I don't know if they're counting on the recession coming. I always say Shopify is really well run. I might take those comments back if they're raising their prices right now because I think they don't want to be raising prices right now. Uh, anyway. You got a one day late. We're going to forget about the high from yesterday because I don't know if that was erroneous or not. Uh, but 4506. What was the uh, high yesterday? Uh, the high yesterday. Look at these like, candles, man. 4968. I got, I got major super duper resistance at 50 bucks. <laughs> like, I'm like selling no, no. hands right there. Dennis, wow. I sold yesterday at 4988. Well, that's a good sell, too. <laughs> if only, if only, right? I th that's what I was saying. Anybody get like if I had only. one person reach out and got the Mastercard down there three forty nine. Unfortunately, their print got busted because yeah, it was in the, the bust problem. zone. But did anybody actually? There wasn't a lot of volume, and that's you know it's talking about that open again. At least there was. We we talked about this on the at the close show. There wasn't much volume with it. It was literally you know just to quick explain it. What happened was the system. I'm pretty sure. Obviously, we know nothing for sure because I have no tools. Some type of technical glitch. But what happened probably, it looks like, was they kicked out the New York Stock Exchange. looks like it cleared the books at 9.30. It looks like the system just canceled all orders that were on the books. And then just let whatever order come in, the first 100 shares coming into the market, was nothing to buy, nothing to sell. So it just went off at erroneous prices. So I don't know why they cleared the books right at the market open, the split second the market was opening. But I believe that's what happened because I had all these NYSE orders kicked back on me, which shouldn't have been kicked back. So, and I had the same thing when I asked Bright Trading, all their orders were getting kicked back too at 9.30. So I think 
for whatever reason, the opening orders all got kicked out of the system, and then you had no liquidity on the books, and that's how you got these erroneous prices. Okay, let's uh, let's um, let's keep the earnings parade going. We're just uh, skimming along the lows of the session, getting off of close to Monday's low. Yeah, I'm not going to give you the yeah. I'm not going to give you the inner day low. I'm just going to give you the global slow. That's down another ten handles at thirty nine eighty and a quarter. Well, uh, Tesla tonight, of course, uh, definitely going to be on the radar. I also just wanted to put it on the radar. We don't have to go too much into it, but just wanted to kind of note that Morgan Stanley downgraded Fisker to underweight today, and that was moving around. Uh, but Tesla's going to be big Fisker. tonight. Fisker yeah, last Fisker. night. Somebody bought it up to eight bucks twice. Twice. And twice. It in, went up in there, what time and frame? it hits my filters. I'm like, oh, what's the news on Fisker? And then like the next second, another sweep up. And I'm like, What's the news on Fisker? It just swept up twice. Is there news? Is there news? And no, there was no news. Somebody just screwed up. Bought it up to $8 <laughs> twice. And then, Ouch. obviously, now we get the downgrade in their face. So whoever bought that $8 last night is crying the blues here today. Not only does it open you know, down at seven thirty, opens down another $0.50 cents here. They're not liking here. Morgan Stanley. I've sold morning. my Fisker. I have this partial size position. This is not the market to speculate in. I sold my Fisker long mm-hmm. ago. Took a loss on it. I had bought it at nine, sold in the sevens. It was ugly. Um, it's kind of still hanging out where I sold it. I sold it a couple months ago, but I just feel like it's not the market to speculate in. Dennis, you you must have been looking at the three minute chart there because it had to pop up to just under seven seventy, and then it bla- actually blasted uh, eight twenty four. I think. Yeah, I got uh, yeah eight twenty five. But yeah. who's who's counting pennies here? Uh, not we much to say that one. Uh, that's obviously good resistance. What is the uh, the old time low in this one? Uh we're ooh, boy, oh boy, six forty one is the old time low. And you know what? We haven't looked at how, how we haven't looked at ride in a long time. Mm, buck ride, yeah. Lord's time. Yeah, that's in the sunset. Yeah. Well, isn't again, it? we've seen this rally <laughs> in these beaten down names. This has rallied. I try to play this one too a little bit. I had this one for a little bit there to buck ten and trying to ride it a little bit there. Ride fully intended. Um, I'm out of it now. I'm out of most of those now. Like I was in some of these names a week and a half ago because they were just so beat up. So I was in like I had a whole portfolio of like these little beaten down garbage names, and some of them paid really, really well. I mean, like really well. Some of them I scratched. Some of them I did pretty dang good on. Uh, the Carvana I did pretty good on. I had a couple other ones there um, that oh. I did pretty good on. Um, H, uh, I had H, what the heck was it? Oh, Hexo. I had Hexo. Uh, Hexo? Yeah, I had bought that like a dollar ten, And it ran. Dang. And then and literally, like I bought it like, and then it was like two days it didn't go anywhere. And then like the third day it popped from a buck ten to like a buck sixty. I was like, holy I just made like forty percent a day. I got did got a dollar sixty. I got like dollar forty five or something, and then it came down a little bit. But then it kept going, so I guess I should have held on to them. But man, there was some money to be made, and we kept saying, you know, it's a dash for trash, January effect. These were the trashes of the trash, and some of these stocks really went. I think that party is. I think that party is coming to an end, though, or is very near the end. Do you have a trash filter? The IWM. Dennis, do you just do? Do you have a trash filter? You just... I just know all the trashy stocks. <laughs> I've been beat up on them before. <laughs> there's there's hundreds of trashy stocks. I, yeah, you know my trash filter? I look at the ARKK holdings. Seriously. Oh, man. Sorry, Kathy, but that's like oh. – that, And that was the January effect. If you were buying the ARKK holdings, you were killing it. 
So yeah, the trash holding, the trash filter was the ARKK and the ARKQ and the ARKF. All those holdings in there, that's the trash filter. Yeah, Dash for also, trash has been on though. She's been doing better. She's back. Also, uh, At least for know, a few weeks, she's back. Just to note oh. with the January effect, a lot of it is uh, the IWM, right? And that's what's talked about often. Look how the IWM is showing some topping signs now. Let's see. Um, the 200 tell me the technicals yeah. on why the IWM is topping. Teach me. Teach me. I, I mean, Padawan. just look. You look to the left and look at those December highs. Look yeah, at the November I, I, highs. Yeah. All running in. Struggling in a bad area. Yeah. Yeah. Struggling in a bad area right at the top. Right. Yeah. And I think that the one you, thing on the IWM is the PEs on a lot of these small caps are lower. I kind of like the IWM long versus the mm -hmm. S&P short. I mean, now nah, I guess you go into recession, it's going to be tough. But yeah. I mean, long term here, these small caps have underperformed forever. I mean, let's go out really long term on the IWM. Really, really long term. I mean, we're back, you know, 2016 is 100. I mean, really in the last seven years, the IWM is up about 80%. That's pretty good. Um, and, you know, you look back, but then 2007, we're 80. So really, where is, so if we go to 2007, the highs, in basically 15 years, we went from 80 to 180. That's not that great. What's this buy done in that same time period? So we're up about 150% over that. Yeah, so you're 150 to almost 400. So, well, it's, it's similar, I guess. It's done, gone a long ways. And the Qs, though, let's do the Qs now. That'll be a fun one. Cause that's gonna really be the upper. Oh my gosh! There you <laughs> mm -hmm. go. That's you could tell how this market has gravitated from everything else into just technology. You can see what's crowded. When I look at that Q's chair in that long term, I'm like, oh my gosh! Katie like, barred the door. <laughs> this is five hundred started. Almost five hundred percent. That looks like it looks uh, unsustainable. It, it, and we've already. Smash down 33%. I Bubble? own my cues. Maybe what I should about, sell all my cues. What about a head and shoulders? On Maybe this I should one. sell all my cues too. What about a head and shoulders here? <laughs> Look at the left shoulder. And well, then, we, then you got it. Like, you, you, you got a right no. shoulder that's like, oh my Lord, my, my, shoulder, my, my shoulder's going <laughs> to fall off here. That's what it looks like. Get a couple flakes in there, yeah. man. I'd rather <laughs> own the IWM than the QQQ, even though I own, I own the IWM too, though. So I own the IWM via the Canadian ETF IWM. I own the QQQ. I own the SPY in the long term. I didn't sell any of that because it's your market holdings, and I've had these things. My average cost basis on the queues is, like I said, $40. I bought it back after the financial crisis. After the tech bubble burst, I think I started buying it, actually. Um, so I just couldn't bring myself to sell the queues. Maybe I should have. What about Tesla tonight? Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. What is oh, going to happen there? Is man, this... I don't know money. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to your 150, man. I think it's already had a pretty good run. It's had a huge run. It does. I mean, these are a big run. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you're if you're riding into the report, what you want to see is, you know, that's the, the Microsoft look. You know, they come out, boom, you know, the numbers, the initial numbers look good. You get the pop. Uh for right now, you're trading down 293. I'm just gonna drill down on the technicals for today. Uh boy, the close I'll use the close is pretty good resistance, I'm sure, and it's a double close area. 143.75, 143.89. So I'm going to go a little bit off script here and I'm going to make a double close, a three star as resistance. Uh, coming on the downside, I can't find much for you here below 141.10 because there isn't 
anything in there until Monday's low at 134. One thing I will say is despite the nearly 40% run up in the last couple of weeks, the expectations are still rather low for Tesla. Because this thing, let's give a perspective, three and a half months ago was $300 a share. So I don't think it goes in and the expectations are high. Maybe they're raised a little bit from where they were at the end of December, but they're Mm -hmm. still relatively low. Nobody's expecting much here. So if Elon Musk can say anything okay, and he tends to be a lot more optimistic, let's just say you get on the call, even if he sees this kind of slowdown, he's not the kind of person that's going to see the you know, forest through the trees. He's going to look and say, nah, he's like, we're going to be okay. So I don't expect Tesla to issue significant a guide down because I don't think it's in Musk even to see the negativity of that. He's Mm -hmm. a positive guy. I think he's going to see, try to, you know, keep the stock elevated as well. So I don't think he's going to have the the comments and it was crazy negative comments and holy, we're starting to fall out of bed here. But it was crazy (laughs) negative comments from the CEO Actually, I'm just getting hit on stuff um, as I'm talking, losing my train of thought. But as the CEO of Microsoft, I don't think they're going to be as conservative with the guidance. Microsoft was ultra conservative, painted a picture that, hey, we're going into a tougher time. I don't think Tesla does that. And the market is dumb. And I don't think they'll you know, go with that. So I just think it's be cautious having this full-on bearish view that Tesla's going to tank on their earnings. Okay. I don't know I... if it's going to. I'm not feeling a tank on Tesla. Uh, you're not feeling a tank on Tesla. No. I think I, I I think that you're going to have some um, underneath demand on a tank. I think so too. And I think the one I'll go I'll, a minor support point would be your two day low at thirty four twenty seven. But if you really want to own this stock and you really you want it on the cheap, you got to go out there at one twenty five. Well, you don't have to. This is not investment advice. Uh, the one twenty five area. Uh, the reason for that is that I spot two lows in that area uh, before the big run up. And it's also uh, giving you halfway back of that move. So um, it could have a quick spike down there to 125, triple D, have your bid out there. On a, on a pop. I think you're right. On that 125 area, you're going to find buyers. You I, have I, a I lot of underneath demand here. Yeah, you don't is. have that much overhead supply. You have overhead supply from everybody who's been killed, but there's no level really jumping out at 160. It. Yeah, so there you go. You got some room. I, I like. I, I I wouldn't take it long into the report, but I think you're right on the dip. I think I'm more inclined to buy a dip on Tesla than I would be on Microsoft. Also, I, I don't have the expected move in front of me, but like, let's say if you got in closer towards that low, right? If you're near the the 108s, I mean, pretty far away there could give you a little bit more chance to try to get and stay in the green, right? We don't know the expected move. I don't know if you guys have it. Anybody in the chat? It, yeah, I don't um, right now. Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest option. Got to be like 30, on, on, 30 bucks, 30 bucks, I bet. Yeah, I'm thinking know. 30. And so even if we would get hit, though, on the downside, that'd bring us back to like 110. Probably. We still would have oh, to those yeah. lows. Oh, yeah. It, it's All right, take... I'm grabbing the expected move. I don't think it's going to be 30 bucks. I think that's high. You think that's high? Okay. Yeah, because it's come yeah, down, I, right? It's only, it's only $140, $140 stock now. So yeah. you're going the under. Yeah, so we're grabbing. So how we do this again with teaching tool, we go to the January. We'll go to the January expiration of this week, which is the 27th. Options. We'll grab the closest strikes. So the 145 we'll just grab because there's stock about 143. What? Remember the stock closed at 143.89. Gotcha. Options aren't open, so we got to look at the closing price. Yep. 145 was the closest to the close. Mm-hmm. 610 on the Ooh. calls. 
and seven bucks on the putt. Thirteen, so it's 13 way under. A little thirteen ten ten ish. Yeah, so they're saying the one thirty ish is where you know they're thinking. Well, actually, it's moved down. So there's that whole one twenty five, one twenty six area, Joel. Uh, that you're talking about. That's where um, our friend CC would say this. Yeah, exactly. You just read my mind again. We love CC. Yeah, and, I got um, Add up thirteen dollars on the one forty one, one fifty four, one fifty five, which there you know the one fifty psychological. So that's your trade range. We give you the trade range for the after hours. Look <laughs> what we do. We predict everything on this show. <laughs> just Even not all of it. Just all of it's not right. <laughs> all right. right. Yeah, Let's right. go here. Let's... Not always right. But we. <laughs> all right. Tesla, yeah, it's, I mean it's a it's a big catalyst keeper if you if you're trading your growth stocks, right? I mean that that's your fight was a little sleepy at the beginning of the year, and then it finally took off, and that's really when you got uh, your other growth stocks. So just as uh, Microsoft is uh, leading the charge on the downside here from Mega Cap Tech, uh, I thought maybe... Tesla would lead the charge. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's very much intended. All right, eight fifty-five, Mitch. Do we got? Uh, I'm looking at our earnings here. Is there um, any other ones that uh, you want to cover? We haven't done. Let's uh, do a little little ticker time there. You guys ticker can time. Drop, you guys can drop a tick. Um, I know that we've been kind of keeping an eye on the solar stocks. Of course, EMPH for Ooh. solar has been. Did leading that stop there. going down yet? It's still a battle. I would say downgrade. It's a battle. Oh no! No. Who's downgraded it? Mm, let me see here. I think it's just to neutral. Saw it last night. Went by on the ticker, but tried to short it off of it, but it was already down four bucks. Guess I should have. Boy, oh boy. Oh, boy. Where yeah. is there support? Anyways, all you see all these solar stocks? Let's see. They talk about going You've from been so strong, man. Sun Power. Sold MPH my Sun Power. Full disclosure. Fully out of Sun Power. Look at Sun Power, Joel. Look yeah. at. I mean, CSIQ is coming back First Solar, whatever reason, First Solar and CSIQ just don't go down. But ENPH, um, SEDG has held up well. It's, it's a separation happening here, right? Eh? So mm-hmm. ENPH has been murdered. SunPower has been murdered. A few of the other ones have been like SunRun has not performed well. But then you got like CSIQ and First Solar that are just bucking the trend and won't won't go down for any reason at all. I guess they're different businesses. Some are modules and some are like, I don't understand all the different businesses of them all. I kind of just group them all together. I'm not a solar analyst, but some of them are holding up very well. Uh, this ENPH on the downgrade, you know, there's uh, sometimes there's good fades in here off these downgrades down on 62,000 shares. I can only give you a potential support here at 207.16. You haven't hit that yet. That would be uh, down about uh, another three bucks from there. And then they really want to take it out to the woodshed. Uh, 199.61 was your July 18th low. So I don't know. I don't think you're going to get that. And then back on the upside, a lot of people, you could see that the bottom of yesterday's range on a little bit of someone gets a little trigger happy on the downside, uh, you know, uh, buying it up. 1526. That's five and a half, five and a quarter bucks away. I mean, the way this thing moves, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see that on a rally. Good question from the chat. Can you, and I could throw it to you too, Joel. Do you have advice on how to scale on trade size? Like, you know, adding and then adding. I'm, I'm not the person to ask yeah. that question because I typically don't yeah. do it. I typically yeah. am in or out. I do take a half-size position sometimes, but I screw it up because I take the half-size position. 
And then if it goes up, I'm just happy and I have a minute. And if it goes back down, then I usually don't add to it because I have so much yeah. trouble adding to losers. So I'm like, I better just to take the full size position and then just cut the loss. So I don't scale well. I think as a trader, I don't think you should be scaling because I think it's the equivalent of adding to losers, which is never a thing to do. I think there's a play for it in long-term investing because nobody really knows the future a year from now. So if you want to just dollar cost average or slowly get into a stock that you really like, I don't mind that. I think as a trader, you have no business scaling into positions as a trader. I think I, you have I, no business. I'm going to go on the uh, other side there and say that okay. I do I do scale um, and I do it live in, in the live trading stream. A lot of people see me do it. Okay. Um, the reason why, and, and, there, and I'll, I'll explain why though, um, is that for a lot of beginner traders, what's the number one thing that they fail on is not necessarily pattern recognition. It's timing of the trade a lot of the time. And so a lot of times they're either getting in too early or they're getting in too late. Um, they're either chasing the move or front running the move. And so what I would say there is that if you split your entry a little bit, what's that going to do is limit your risk. Now, one thing that Dennis said there that I think is very important is that if you are getting your entry, let's say at $10, the first entry that I would do there, okay, I'm getting in at 10 the price goes to $980, $970. I'm not adding there. I'm waiting for the price to kind of stabilize first. Start showing me that we're going to get that kind of move back above my average. Then I can start looking to add in. And a lot of the times what I'm doing is that first entry, it could get stopped out and the risk is going to be a lot smaller because I'm coming in with only a fifth at that first entry. Now, the thing that matters more is when you're scaling in is do you have an ability to when the position starts going in your favor, you have to be willing to scale into the position also. Because what happens a lot of times is you're saying you're going to go in through it and then you won't add because the position starts going in your favor. You get a little bit emotional. I think with this case is another thing that I would look at it. I look at it as like algorithms. I don't think algorithms are filling their full position in one little hit. A lot of the times they're building a position and then eventually they'll add to once it starts to become a winner. And I think that's another thing that's important. I'm looking for my move to go take off. And a lot of times selling a piece and looking to add that piece back on the throwback move. But like always, these are momentum trades. And when you're a momentum trader, you have to understand first risk preservation. And I think that that's what matters above all. I think I agree with you in the longer term trading and investing. I don't think scaling, I'm going to just say it again, I don't think you need to scale in day trading because if you're adding to losers in day trading, it's it means your, problem, yeah. your original premise is wrong. So if you're a day trader, I, I think it's I think it's a wrong move. I see people adding losers all the time and they usually don't do that well in the long term. If you got longer term swings, maybe there's a, a reason. I think, as I think as your time horizon lengthens, I think there's more of a reason to scale. So I think if you've got a really short time frame, you've got an under 24-hour time frame, if your trade ain't working, why add to it? That's Another what I thing would that I would say, Dennis, is that you're in an era where you're in free commission. Where I see a lot of traders go wrong is they put all their order in one level. And then the price blows through that level. Then they're down 10 cents on that full order versus stacking the order and getting filled on the pullback. Just what I see. Yeah, and I guess that I get, but I guess what's your time frame on that though? Are you day trading those? 
Is that a day trade or is that a swing trade? Yeah, let's say let's say um, a lot of times it's momentum trading, right? Let's say if a, a stock yeah. is popping through and you're getting it on the pullback. Let's say if you're attacking the VWAP on the pullback, right? So if the VWAP's at like 998, I could put an order at 998, 995, 990, and I know that my risk is going to be But then you're all in at 995 anyways. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. Okay. I want to break an order up. I'm gonna hop, guys. I just, I just, I just throw a comment on this. Uh, I think yeah, scaling is more for exiting trades. You know, for me, uh, and getting uh, me out. Too, it's like when I get in, yeah. there's, I'm there's in. Good, yeah. If I'm wrong, I think so I'm too. Wrong. I scale out. Yeah, You're right. I, I scale out. So I do. Okay. I scale out. Yeah. You know, on okay. some of these other trades, like this beaten up crap trades, I've been scaling out on some of that stuff. I got in because I felt like. That right. my thesis for getting in some of this really beaten up stuff was the January effect, right. potential short squeezes. I picked on some of the higher short squeeze names because we saw Bed Bath and Beyond curve on ago. So that made me allow. So I got all in off the bat. And then what I did was I didn't know where to get out because you know the things just explode like 30%. I was like, well, maybe it's gonna go a little bit more. So I scaled out. So I think you're right, Joel. I think I like go all I go all in on what I'm gonna go. And remember, I always stay diversified too. And nobody is right or wrong here. You can say you're right. You can say you're wrong. Everybody yeah, has different strategies. Everybody has different ways. I'm not saying Mitch is wrong either. No. I'm saying different strokes for different I folks. But I'll but let I'm you guys also go. saying in day Triple trading, D. if you're consistently like you know adding to losers, it becomes you know tougher because yeah. I, don't, I I I get that what Mitch is doing scaling 998, 995, 990. It's kind of all the same thing, though. I don't even really consider that scaling because you're really buying similar price. You're just breaking up the order into smaller pieces, maybe. So, and maybe that's book, you know, to not, you know, look too big on the book as well. There's probably a place for that too. Yeah, but you keep it smaller, you know. Just be careful that, that you know, order. you don't get into the habit of like, oh, this trade is going to go going against me, so I'm going to buy more and I'm going to mm -hmm. average down. And the never found average down thing we joke about because. The, the trades that'll blow you up are when you get too big in any one position. So you do it however you want to do it. Just don't get to a point where, well, I'm, it's 50, now it's 48. I better buy more to bring down the cost. Now I better buy more because it's 45. That's what's going to get you into trouble. Yeah. I still stay diversified. I hold a rule of thumb that I really never hold. I don't know if you can say rule of thumb anymore, but um, never hold more than 5% of my trading capital in any one position. And if you're going in and you're like, you know, putting all your money on one stock and then you're putting all your money on another stock, that's, you know, where I think you could run into some trouble. Yeah, I think where, uh, you know, a lot of the chat conversation, I see it right now is, yeah, averaging down, right? Okay, so let's say if, let's say if you're going in and in a fifth, let's say if one of that fifth is an average down, but two, two thirds or three fifths of that is when you're already into the green, I'm going to size into the winner. And I'm going to barely just bring my average down just the slightest bit. The biggest thing for me, though, is always understanding what I call ultimate risk, which is if the stock goes against you, there's an out level, even that there like, is an, an extreme out, because you always have to have what I think is an extreme out where if yes. the stock gets to a certain level. It doesn't even matter if trade I'm supposed work. to add or not. The trade didn't work. Yeah. yeah. And that usually and I mean, comes I, and, instantly. And, and, and right back to that point, so I'm agreeing with you on this. Again, I say this on the show over the last 10 years. I've probably said it a 100 times at least. You could do anything. You could put on any single trade that you can imagine as long as you know where your out is, as long as you know where your ultimate out is. 
that you're going to say, okay, I'm out. This trade isn't working. I'm out. You know, on my day trading, I'm out typically after the open or before 10 o'clock because I like to go flat. I do it every single day in my 24-hour portfolio, no matter what, winning or losing, you know, and my day trading 24-hour account goes flat at 10 a.m. by 10 a.m. I'm flat. I'm out of the day trades. I might have some swing trades on in a different account. I do that in a different account. But in my main uh, trading account, my day trading account, I go flat every single day because it's a 24-hour account. I'm calling for, you know, little individual moves. I'm calling, you know, relationship-based stuff, mostly relationships. You know, this is moving because this is moving. I'm going to be trading this. That's just my parameter. So I know even if I'm down and I've been murdered, I've been in a stock, I got taken over. You know, I got in that one stock. I was short, um, what was it, you know, five years ago, uh, the drug stock that got to sell gene. I got taken over. It got taken over. And I'm like, I short was short at 65. It got taken over at 95. I didn't sit around and say, well, I can't eat a 25-point loser. I ate it that day. It knocked three days of trading off of me because I was diversified. I got that money back in three days. It took three days, though, for me to get that money back. But that's, you know, so in the worst-case scenario, when I'm actually short of stock, it gets taken over, I survived. And that's what you got to make sure is that you can continue to survive. So once stay diversified in your strategies, you can scale in if you want to scale in, but stay diversified. Don't get start scaling in and get bigger, bigger, bigger. And then all of a sudden you're into a a situation where stock ain't coming back and now you're into a world of trouble. Yeah. And another thing, another thing, just to wrap up that on my end, I would say always when you're going into it, understand what the capital is going to get to, right? Because if you don't understand what your end goal is on that then that can yeah, become really like dangerous yeah because then you get too big and then you don't yeah. realize your risk your real risk right there's a lot of times what we think is the risk and then when we actually execute out on the stop out we realize man maybe our risk was bigger than we even thought it was and i think this is where you can get yourself into trouble like always we're just trying to show you guys different perspectives uh like always i think another thing that makes a difference there is dennis is trading a lot of symbols right Versus yeah. if you're trying to focus more on one symbol out there. And some uh, like people some will say, I, you know, I protect myself very well, you know, and I go all in all the time and I go on merge and I have all my capital on one stock. And you know what? If you're pure day trading, most likely you're going to be okay because there's not a lot of news that happens. Once you hold overnight, there's a whole different can of worms. But things can happen in the middle of the day too. So you always have to be careful. Flash crash happened in the middle of the day. So, I mean, May 6, 2010, and that blew out a lot of traders. So I still like staying diversified in my trading portfolio because you just never know. You know, this might be the one trade that you were really wrong on. And this might yep. be, and you could be short of stock and gets halted in the middle of the day and gets taken over. It can happen. That was overnight when I got taken over in Celgene. It sucks, you know, to be on the wrong side of that. But, you know, you just swallow it, move on. But if you have we all your let... capital in one stock, then you try to recover from that with no capital left. Good luck. So I have a good quote there, Dennis, for that. I think we don't let one trade make us and we don't let one trade break us because that's the way it's going to be. Don't don't let you can't just put all your eggs into one win. And just like you're not going to put it all in for that one loss. Right. We're yeah. in here for the long run. We're in here for a repeatable process, not just necessarily one lucky win. Right. All right, have a good one, Dennis. That's what it is, and then, and again, this is such a great conversation. I know you yeah. got to go. No, no, but, no. You know, we can that's keep exactly going. what you know. Yeah. I do is repeatable processes. Yeah, it's boring. Like if somebody watched me trade, they'd be like, "This is boring." I mean, you're doing little inefficiency trades. You know, you're doing pairs trades. You're doing like, 
you know, like trading the sympathy. Like, I want to trade the leader. I want to trade Microsoft. Yeah. Well, I don't want to trade Microsoft. Even though I'm calling Microsoft, I want to be shorting the other tech stocks that lag a little bit because then I see the movement and then I can go after it. You know, like Spinner was saying, he's watching Tesla and he's watching, you know, NVIDIA if you're trading some of that smaller stuff because it'll give you a signal. I'm using that stuff for the signal. So, you know, but it's more exciting to trade the leader. It's chopping around. It's going all over the place. You make money fast, you lose money fast. But there's more gambling. I like to yeah. use the leaders to trade the laggards because I can control the risk better. Anyways, great great we, talk, Money Mitch. Great question. I think we chat. all would love to see Dennis trade. Don't worry about it, team. Let's go. You do what you do best, my friend. Get after it. Appreciate you hanging out. A little bit of extra time. Team, hit the like for Dennis sticking around. Have a good one, man. See you. All right, let's get towards live trading action. That's what's coming up next. If you guys want to go say how we, how I scale in, in and out, well, come over to the live trading stream. That's what I do, guys. I talk about it always, right? We got Zunaid also. We got Lloyd Ryan. Come check it out. There's always multiple ways to trade. And I think that what's always is what works best for your personality. And how do you see what works best for your personality? Well, keep a trading journal, right? Keep working on what happens. And another thing is building up the psychology, right? Trading in the zone, our book club. That's what we're working on right now, team. Join us this Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. If you guys don't have the book club or signed up, or for those that for some reason might have missed the first show, you can always reach out to me, Mitch at Benzinga. I am sending out emails with these links. So just to kind of, Put that in there. That's why you got to go ahead and fill in the form so I can send you the unlisted link that only the book club gets access to. The edited version will be coming out this Thursday, but it's very short, at least the edited version. You want to get all the insights, join the book club, threw up the link again. And like always, you guys can always reach out to me, Mitch at Benzinga.com and check it out. 9 a.m. Eastern. There you go. You guys can join now. You're you're up, fans. I know I know you guys will enjoy it. Hey, we're going to try 9 a.m. Eastern. Last week, we tried 6 p.m. Eastern. What I want to do is just find where we can have the most, right? Where we can have a lot of people talking about the conversations about trading. Things like we just talked about with Dennis Dick. Well, tune in this Sunday and definitely hit that link so you can join the forum. Up next, we're going to some live trading action. I will see you guys right there.